God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God sound like? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when did God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the Bible is a collection of God conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident, and I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that dream or that thought was actually just me thinking about, oh, that's a bad pizza? Jesus said we'd recognise his voice and follow him. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Godconversations.com Hi, and welcome to episode 26 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris, and I'm a pastor, speaker, and the founder of godconversations.com. Have you ever thought about this question? Why does God speak to us in dreams? It seems, you know, so mysterious, so unusual, maybe even a bit odd, I think sometimes it's difficult for us as Westerners to fathom why God speaks this way at all. There was an article circulating on the internet recently. You may have read it. It was an amazing story about an ISIS terrorist who had an encounter with Jesus in a dream. Jesus spoke to him and as a result of that, he became a Christian. He changed his ways and began to follow Jesus. And it was an amazing story. It was beautiful. So exciting to see how God is reaching even into some of those darkest places today. But the thing that struck me as I was reading that article was the scepticism around it. The article was written by Christians and yet there were questions about the reality of it. Did it really happen this way? Can we trust it? Can we believe it? You know, the odd thing is that we read these kind of encounters in the Bible all the time. There's so many dream experiences. I think of the classic one of Jacob almost becoming um, converted in a dream because he sees angels up and down a stairway. These things are normal to us in the biblical accounts. But when it comes to working out how this works today, it's unusual for us. So today's episode is going to look at that question. Why would God use the vehicle of dreams to speak to us? We're not going to look so much at the fact that he does. We understand that he does speak that way. If you're, if you're not sure about that, I encourage you to jump onto godconversations.com. There's a great message there called While They Were Sleeping. And it goes through how God speaks to people in the Bible this way. It's his most popular, most common form of communication. So we're going to understand that, okay, first of all, God does speak this way. But why? Why would he wait until we're asleep? Why would he not speak to us while we're awake? I believe the answer to that question is going to tell us a little bit about God's character, about his nature, about his creativity, and about his determination to get his messages across. I know you're going to love this. I know you're going to find it helpful. And I pray that it would awaken you to what God's saying to you in the night. But before we get into it, can I also just say welcome to any new listeners. I've been on a number of trips recently, and I want to welcome any people that have come onto the blog, onto the podcast as a result of meeting you face to face. You know, my team and I are so committed to equipping you to recognise God's voice. So let's get into it. Why would God use dreams to speak to us? Why speak to us in the night when we're semi-conscious, when we're unconscious, when our brains are switched off? Well, the first port of call as we answer that question is to look at the scriptures. But the problem is, you know, the scriptures don't really tell us why. God speaks to us in this way. They give us plenty of accounts of it happening and what God said, what happened afterwards. But they don't tell us why God would choose to use this mode of communication. 
So perhaps a little reminder before we start, and it's this. How God speaks is not as important as what he says. In many ways, the mode of communication that he chooses to use is not really the point. What matters is what he says and what we do about it. But at the same time, there's a reason, I believe, that he chooses to speak this way. These are thoughts that have come from my reflections over the years, from listening to people, from reflecting on my own experiences, from reading the Bible and trying to understand the nature and the heart of God. So these are my thoughts about why God speaks in dreams. I want to give you five today. The first one, first of all, dreams bypass our minds. God speaks to us when we're sleeping. And it's a state where we have our minds out of the way. It's almost like God has got our full attention because our brains are switched off. I think actually that makes it easier for God to get through. You know, one of the big problems we face in hearing God's voice is, how do I know it's his voice amongst the others? We get distracted, don't we? We shut down. Our own thoughts get in the way. The beautiful thing is that when we're asleep, our own thoughts are not in the way so much. Dreams can bypass our conscious thinking. And I think in many ways that makes them effective as a means of communication. Another thought, dreams make God's voice accessible to everybody. To everybody. Why? Because everybody sleeps. At least I hope they do. You know, when we look at how do I hear God's voice today, so much of the advice uh, says things like take time out, you know, find a quiet place, be still and get up to a mountain, go on retreat, take time out. And I think that kind of advice is incredibly valuable and I actually think that we need to spend quality time with God. It's very much like a human relationship. We need to spend time with people and we need to spend time with God. That's so important. But my question is what about the times in life, the seasons when we actually don't have that kind of time. I think particularly of parents, the parents of young toddlers. You know, I've never had children myself, but I've watched parents looking after children and their demands are so relentless all through the day and often through the night even. But here's the thing. God can actually still get his messages through, even when we have incredibly intensely busy times of our lives, because we all need to sleep. He can still get his messages through when he speaks in dreams. The other thing about it is that certain personality types, the people who are thinkers, the analytical types, the the way that the brain is wired can also be something that obstructs hearing God's voice. We actually have some psychological research that hints that. But here's the thing. Because our brains are switched off as we sleep, God can get through while we're sleeping. God can get through even when maybe our personalities don't necessarily pick things up. I found that myself. I'm a classic thinker rather than a feeler. I don't have high levels of intuition. I don't always pick up on the spiritual realm as easily as some of my friends do. But God can still speak to me very clearly. And one of the effective ways he can do that is through dreams. I love that God is committed to getting his messages through, regardless of the time that we have or the season that we're in, or regardless of the fact that I have a certain personality type or a tendency of of my thinking, God gets his messages through. And an effective way he does that is through dreams. Here's another thought. 
dreams allow difficult messages to get through. I actually think this is one of the main reasons God uses dreams. You may have heard of the famous psychologist Sigmund Freud. He had a theory that said dreams allowed what is consciously repugnant to surface. So the things we can't face in our wakeful state often come up in our dreams. All the hurts, all the fears, the terrors that we repress during the day come up in our dreams. I think he had a point. I was reading some work done by another psychologist who was involved a lot in counselling war veterans. And, you know, often they had been involved in the world wars and they didn't speak about their experiences. They didn't want to talk about them. But what was happening was they were getting these reoccurring dreams that kept coming up related to the war experiences that they had. I think that Freud had a point in that. I think that God uses this medium to speak to us about things that we don't always want to hear. It's a problem that we have when we hear God's voice. Our desires, our longings get in the way. We only hear what we want to hear and we filter out the rest. Well, this is a way that God can get under the surface, if you like, and show us our blind spots, the things that we don't ordinarily see. If you have a look at biblical history, I think we see this happening. I think of the Apostle Peter. You may know the story. It's an excellent story. It's in Acts chapter 10. It was a pivotal change for the church. It was the time when God wanted to get a message through to Peter about the fact that his gospel was now reaching the Gentiles, not just the Jews. So God sends him a message and he sends it in the form of a vision, a vision of unclean animals. And I want you to put yourself in Peter's position for a moment. See, we read that story from the perspective of hindsight of history. But if you could just imagine what it would have been like for Peter to receive that message. He's an Orthodox Jew. All his life, he's known separation from the Gentiles. They were ritually unclean. They were not to be socialised with. They were not to worship together. In, in, In their understanding of the law, it prescribed rules and regulations. They couldn't even, they couldn't go into certain parts of the temple. Peter was not supposed to go into their homes. They were ritually unclean. They were not to touch them. And so this is the framework, the mindset of Peter's thinking. So so how does God get past that? How does he get him a message that says, okay, now the rules have changed. Now you need to understand that God always had a bigger plan. He always wanted to embrace all people, not just the chosen people of Israel, but all people. How does he get through? Well, he puts Peter in a trance. He doesn't speak to him in his waking hours. He, he, he puts him into a place where he's half asleep. And I just wonder, God, did you do that to switch off his brain? Would he have been able to hear it otherwise? In fact, if you look at the story, the Holy Spirit is just so clever the way he kind of leads Peter along the way. When those, when those uh, Gentile soldiers that were sent from Cornelius arrived at Peter's door, his immediate reaction would have been disgust. They're Gentiles. But God's up to something and he's leading Peter and he's showing him in a gentle, subtle way. And I think some of those dreams and visions that God gives us is is a kind of a clever way to communicate some of those things that are perhaps difficult. I think God does this for us. He speaks in a gentle, subtle way. He bypasses some of our conscious thoughts to to get his messages through. Some things that are difficult to hear, some things we don't want to hear, perhaps defects in our character 
perhaps things we we do or fears that we have that we don't want to know about. I think of the other classic story of um, Nebuchadnezzar in ancient Babylon. And he was a great king, very powerful king, but he had a big problem. His problem was pride. And everyone else knew it. You know, he was the one who built a golden statue of himself and called the people to bow down to him on pain of death. This, this is a man who has a monstrous problem of pride. And God speaks to him. And how does he do it? He, he speaks to him in a dream. He speaks to him and he gives him a, a, a picture of how, how great his territory was, but how also how obnoxious his pride was. And God warns him about that. I think God speaks to us in a way that bypasses some of the conscious thoughts we have for that reason. I believe he does that also for us today. Another thought, and I I love this part of of how God communicates, it's this one. Dreams engage us holistically. They engage us holistically. If you look at communication theory, you'll see that communication happens in a variety of forms. It's not just the words that we say, is it? It's the things that we see. It's the tone of voice. It's body language. It's it's the feeling that we get when we communicate with someone. Dreams often involve every part of us, don't they? Have you ever woken up from a dream fearful? It's touched your emotions. It's touched your senses. Or or perhaps you've woken up with great joy. (laughs) Can I have that dream again? Dreams and and those pictures invite us into the scene. It's like watching a a 3D movie. We, We walk into it. We're watching it. We participate in it. We feel it. And this is a very powerful form of communication. It's a bit like, you know, when you send a text message and it it gets the message across, but you don't know if it's happy or sad. You have to use an emoticon to try and make it happy or whatever, to try and communicate a bit more effectively. Dreams have a way of communicating very powerfully because they draw on the senses. You can pick up on a mood. You can read the scene. That's what happens in dreams, the emotion itself also becomes part of the message. I think that was going on a little bit in Zechariah chapter 3 when God spoke to Zechariah about Joshua the high priest. I don't know if you know the story, but Joshua the high priest was called to lead the people to rebuild the city of Jerusalem after exile. It was a big call, it was a big task, it was difficult. There was only a remnant of people who, who would have been weary, tired. They tried it before. It didn't work. There was oppression from surrounding people. So it was a difficult scene. And what we see here is this, this scene plays out and Joshua is standing there and he's dressed, it says, in filthy clothes. He's dressed. He's not, he's not ready. Have you ever had that feeling when you've turned up to an event and you're not dressed properly? You're wearing the wrong outfit. You're not quite right. You dress up at the wedding and everyone's underdressed. Or you go to another event and everyone's dressed up more than you and you just feel inadequate. You're not fit right. It doesn't feel right. And I often think if I was Joshua the high priest, how that would feel, not to feel clothed, not to feel empowered, not to feel ready. The scene that then happens is that an angel comes and clothes him in clean robes. He puts a turban on his head and he appoints him and empowers him to do the job. He's dressed appropriately. He's ready. He's anointed. The the clothes fit on his shoulders and he feels confident to do what he's called to do. 
I think the prophet Zechariah gets a, a sense of that feeling, perhaps of the inadequacy, the condemnation that Joshua may have been under, that sense of, of being attacked and not able. And here God clothes him and he's appointing him. Pictures do that for us. Scenes do that for us. Dreams do that for us. That's how it works. They invite us to engage and to feel what God feels and to sense what God is saying. Lastly, dreams allow for God's creativity. I think this is my favourite one. When we look at dreams and how they work and how God speaks, I, I think you begin to see the character and nature of God shine through. Numbers 12, 6 says that dreams are like riddles <laughs> to be solved. And when you start to listen to your God dreams, you, you see God's cleverness, his, his quirkiness, his humour even. I love the, the story in Jeremiah chapter 1. It's a, God gives Jeremiah a vision. He sees a branch of an almond tree as it blossoms. And God's speaking to him about what's happening. He's speaking to him about his call. And if you can imagine how Jeremiah felt in that situation, how is this all going to happen? What you're saying, God. And, and there's nothing more that's said. What, what is this branch of an almond tree? It's blossoming. What does it mean? Well, because we don't know Hebrew, it's not quite clear, but it's actually a word play. It's a little riddle, if you like, that you have to work out. And when we do a little bit of research on the Hebrew language here, we see that the Hebrew word for almond tree sounds a lot like the Hebrew word for watching. It's just a little riddle. It's a little thing to think about. It's the creativity of God at work. He's a very creative God. He tells things in pictures. He phrases things in poetry. Sometimes he creates riddles for us to decipher that we may get involved in the conversation. I think of the, the classic, one of the scenes you probably know, Ezekiel was a prophet called to help the nation return from exile. And God could have spoken to him about what he was going to do. He could have just used plain words in the daytime. He could have said this to Ezekiel. He could have said, Ezekiel, I am going to restore the nation. He could have said that, but he didn't. Instead, what did he do? He painted a picture. He created a scene. There's a desolate valley, a hollow wind blowing. You're drawn into the scene. You can see the centre of the valley. What is it lying there? A heap of dry bones scattered all along the valley floor. They've been there for so long they're bleached white by the harsh rays of the sun. Some of them are buried in dust. Then you hear a fresh wind begin to blow. The bones begin to move slightly. There's a quiet clatter as they move together and they take shape. Suddenly they begin to connect, hip to leg, leg to ankle, joint to joint. What's happening? Then sinews begin to appear. Tendons and muscle form on the bones. Flesh begins to grow. You begin to recognise the human form. Limbs, torsos, bodies. Another wind blows and the flesh begins to colour. There's movement across the valley as the bodies stand up straight in formation. Like an army, they rise up strong. 
and healthy and ready to advance. (laughs) My question is, which is more effective? God is a masterful communicator. He's a creative God. He stirs the imagination through what he shows us. And I think that's partly why he uses dreams. Dreams bypass our minds. They make God's voice accessible to everybody. They allow difficult messages to get through. They engage us holistically and they allow for God's creativity. Since hearing from God in dreams, I've learnt a lot about his character, a lot about his nature, just by thinking about the forms he uses. And I pray you'll experience God's voice in this way too. If you want to learn a little bit more, we're just in the process of releasing our brand new Awaken Your Dreams series on CD. I'm really excited about this. I just wanted to finish telling you a couple of things about this because what we've done is we've taken the seminar. Many people have said to me, I'd love to come to your Awaken Your Dreams seminar, but they haven't been able to be on location wherever I am. So what we've done is we've created a CD series with three of the sessions in it. And if you want to know how to recognise God's voice in your dreams. If you want to know how he uses symbols and how we can understand the messages that he's sending us, those creative things that he wants to say, I encourage you to get a hold of the CD series. We're about to release it. It's available at the website, but in a couple of weeks, we're going to be releasing it with a special discount. So jump onto the blog, subscribe. We'll let you know about it very soon. But as we finish, can I just say a prayer for you? I want to just pray that God will speak to you in a creative way, and that he'll get his messages through. Father, we thank you that you are an awesome communicator. We thank you that you want to speak to each one of us. Father, that you set the pattern in the Bible for us to learn from. God, that we would understand what you're saying to us. So I pray for every person listening to this podcast, God, that you would speak clearly to them. Father, that you would speak what's on your heart, that you'd get those messages through. No matter if we've got chunks of time to spare, no matter if our person personalities are a certain way. God, we want to be people that are listening to your voice, even as we sleep. Amen. Have a wonderful week and looking forward to chatting to you on the podcast next time. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast by Tanya Harris. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. So post your comments on the blog page of godconversations.com or at facebook.com forward slash Tanya M. Harris. Help us to equip others to recognize God's voice by rating the series on iTunes. Remember, Jesus said we would know his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. 